Welcome, everybody, to the 5280 Nuggets Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Burke, and we finally got the full squad back in town just in time for a little bit of holiday podcasting. I got Ashar Ali back with me. Glad to talk Nuggets with you, man. Yeah, man, it's been a while. Glad to be back, everyone. Yeah, for sure. And, of course, got Glenn Carlson in here. And, uh, yeah, Glenn, uh, Yeah. really wanted to – to get into the the Mavs game right away, uh, obviously a great game. What was uh, your first impressions coming off that win? Um, you know, yeah, it was it was a kind of a fun game. Not in the ter- not in the sense of like uh, you know pure basketball. And then you know if you compare it to like the OKC game where it was just blow for blow, punch for punch towards the end there, this was obviously a night and day game. I mean, I thought we were in control the entire time, really. Um, Luca kind of got his, um, most of those were really kind of threes for, for the most part, step back threes, which were we used to seeing, but, um, yeah, I think, you know, I think the, the nuggets were firing on all cylinders. Um, it was clear to me that this was an opportunity for Jokic to facilitate. He wasn't really focused on scoring and, you know, when he's able to do that and guys are hitting shots, it's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, the box score was just, you know, like 4th of July last night. Yeah, I felt like Jokic controlled the game defensively in this game a lot more than offensively, which I don't know about you, Ashar, but I find that it's it's really odd to see in the regular season. I think he does it more in the in the playoffs. Oh, season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting to see there wasn't a single nugget that played 30 minutes last night, right? I don't know the last game we saw that. But nice to see. It's definitely nice to see. But one thing that stood out for me was for all the people last year that, you know, you know, in the media that said that Jokic is all about stat padding and this and that, if if you saw yesterday's game, that's the ultimate, you know, show of he doesn't care about stats whatsoever, right? The fact that he didn't even have double figures in points yesterday, I don't think, right? He had like eight points, no, I want to say. Just eight. So to him, whether he has eight points or 50 points, it really makes no difference, right? He's all about winning. He's not about those individual awards. So those that think he was stat padding, I mean – just look at this game alone, right? He could have stayed in. He could have done a lot more damage, but he didn't care. He just wanted to win. And he's like, listen, if I only have to play 26, 27 minutes and we get a win, eight points, 18 points, 28 points, no, that makes no difference to him. Yeah, I saw a stat muse tweet uh, with Jokic's stat line of, was it eight, nine, and seven? Uh, alongside yeah. Luca's stat line, uh, which was... It actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but 38, 11, and 6. And he's like, here's your MVP candidates. Luca just lost by 28. And that was just emblematic of what you're saying, right? Like, I don't know, Glenn, I mean, have you ever, like, seen or researched any player that you feel like could be an MVP but have that kind of stat line and be dominant in the way he has been? I mean – no, I don't. I just I don't think so. And, and he's so unselfish. And I think at this point, he's obviously got the credentials to rest on a little bit. So if there was ever any worry about, you know, Jokic still has to accomplish X, whatever that may be for, you know, the average fan, you know, I think you can just toss that out the window, right? He's a champion, uh, an MVP, two-time MVP, um, an all-star, and he's making the guys around him way better too. And so, um, 
Yeah, it's clear to me he doesn't care. And, you know, I think at this point um, in the season, and we've seen this in recent years too, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I think of like baseball, right, where you got like the boys of summer. But for the basketball, it's a little bit of the dog days of December. I kind of had yeah. that thought driving today. It was like you could kind of see some guys just get tired right now. Um, you know, and I do think – I do think Jokic is a little tired, maybe, maybe even a smidge uninterested. And so he's really focused on facilitating um, and really helping bring the bench along. And, you know, in this case, like a rising tide lifts all boats and he's a wizard, right? And he knows what value he needs to add at any given time in the season. And he does just that. Right. And I feel like Murray really set the tone with his energy mm-hmm. because when Jokic is in that facilitator mode, Murray's the one that needs to take advantage the most of that and just have that attack mindset. And that's how I felt the game started. I mean, he he didn't score a bunch right away, but I just felt his movement on the court and the, the energy. Jamal kind of set that tone where it's like, yeah. Because what they had, uh, was it 40 points in the first quarter? Or no, it was the second quarter they had 40. Second, and Jokic, yeah. I don't think Jokic took a shot or he took like one or two shots. Yep. So that in itself is just crazy. That means the other guys around him are being super aggressive. But who was uh, the standout for you, Ashar? Whose performance, other than we're always going to pick Jokic? Well, you might pick MPJ over Jokic, but (laughs) (laughs) who really stood out to you last night? Yeah, I'm going to say Peyton Watson. Um, Mm -hmm. Another game with double-digit points, right? Um, He... If the Nuggets and bench in general, I think over the last five games, I looked at the stats, they're averaging about 50 points a game from the bench, which is crazy, right? We talked about this in one of the previous podcasts, like when Jamal Murray comes back, what, what does that mean for Reggie and what's that bench going to look like? So Reggie obviously continues. I think he, he hasn't lost a step being on the bench. I think he's continued to really solidify that second unit. And now you're starting to see the uh, the confidence in the younger guys. Christian Brown's been there, obviously, um, but it was a nice surprise to see Zeke Naji yesterday, right? He had some DNPs recently, so to get him back over DeAndre Jordan, I think he took advantage of his minutes, was a monster on the offensive glass yesterday, right? So uh, I, I think you're starting to see a Nuggets team where when the bench comes in, whether it's a Reggie Jackson one day, Peyton the other, or even you know Julian Strother, who's been shooting really well over the last few games, I think the you're getting the bench to get more and more confidence, which bodes well to give the starters a little bit of a break, especially knowing that if Jokic goes out, you have some confidence knowing that we're still going to be able to stay in games and not give up a lead or get behind early just because, you know, Jokic and Murray are, you know, some other starters out of the game. Yeah. Zeke Naji a five now, Glenn? Say, say that one more time, Jake. Is Zeke Naji a five now? Like we just saw <laughs> – Oh, standout game. Of course, they played super small, but I mean, you've been a huge critic of Zeke. Do you think feel like this was a fluke? Like they just played a lineup with no bigs, or how are you feeling about? Yeah, the I mean, I, I kind of do, right? I mean, you know, the the Mavs do have a small team, and you know, to guard um, Dwight Powell, I guess is is I guess would be the main matchup. But then if those guys get taken out, because what we saw with the Mavericks is towards the um, gosh, like the end of the third, you know, they took they took a lot of starters out. I guess they threw in the talents, you know. And then, of course, then you see minutes from Zeke. And, look, it was great to see him have a good game last night. But when you talk about, like, who he was playing against, it's, you know, um, 
it's good, but I'm also not like over the moon about it. Okay. Yeah. Reggie Jackson, of course, has been, we've been singing praises all season now for him. It feels like. Yeah. And of course, last night, he, he obviously, I mean, he only played 18 minutes, but I felt like he played more um, looking at that. But with 20 points and four assists on good efficiency, man, Aaron Gordon said in his post game that he thinks Reggie Jackson should be sixth man of the year. And I'm kind of looking at it and like, I don't necessarily disagree with him. And I feel like him moving back to the bench after getting in a good rhythm with the starters has really benefited those guys because there's less possessions where anyone's panicking. It's almost like, okay, we didn't get a good shot. Throw it to Reggie. He's going to, create something for us with you know five seconds left on the clock but yeah watson watson was uh impressive yet again i mean he's been scoring a lot but i don't know about either of you guys but I, i'm not sure that 50 points per game is sustainable but if you get to 30 to me that i mean you're winning minutes yeah well that right yeah, I agree. I mean, 50 points is great over the last five games, but yeah, 30, 35 points a game from your bench, that's better than we've seen some games this year. They had less than 10 points right from the bench, right? So we're not going to be able to survive like that. But if you can get consistency out of the bench around 30 points, I would agree, Jake, that's that's going to bode well for us. Yeah, I mean, even in, in, in games that, you know, you're supposed to win, um, just to get that little bit of rest – from a, from good bench production is just so key right in the middle of the season. Um, you know, if you, if you talk about the nuggets this time and in January last year, we were seeing heavy bench units. And um, the one player that stood out to me last year, we were getting a ton of production for him. Bless his soul. He's hurt as Chanchar. Uh, he was light in December up for us and he was everywhere all the time. Great on the defense, hitting the three ball, working in the paint and, like if, when you get that kind of production from your bench unit, it just makes your longevity and the starters and your enthusiasm just that much better down towards the end of the season. So, I, yeah, are we going to get it every night? Absolutely not, never. You know, and there'll be stretches where it's a complete dud, but I'll take it. It also lets guys just recover from nicks and little bruises faster too when they're not playing 35 minutes a night. I mean, Aaron Gordon said last night, yeah, I'm playing through an injury, but – I'm going to keep playing, and if we can keep – I mean, not every night, but if some nights are getting 20, 25 minutes, I mean, that just improves our overall health throughout the season. And even Michael Porter said on a recent podcast that once they were healthy, they knew they could win. And he said a lot of it's just being lucky, being healthy at the right time. But, yeah, going back to Watson here, what what – did you really like from him, Ashar? Because I feel like he deserves a little bit more airtime uh, right yeah. now. Like, I kind of want to get into his game a little bit more. Well, I think it, it, he he mentioned in one of the uh, post game interviews that the game's slowing down for him now, right? So you're seeing him take three point shots, which he was obviously was not known for his offense coming out. But I think he's getting more and more confidence as a shooter, which is great to see. Um, but again, I don't see him forcing much. I didn't, I do like him being aggressive, right? When he gets a rebound, he just goes and runs and tries to get to the hole and either draw a foul or, you know, make an easy layup. So he, I like the aggressiveness from Peyton for sure. 
But the one thing I think that's standing out for me is the you're beginning to see, I think, what you're going to see is in terms of the majority of the rotation for the next, you know, for the rest of the season, more or less, right? So obviously the three main players on the bench between Watson, um, Brown, and Reggie Jackson, they're going to play, I think, every night now, right? They're must they're, they're, I don't think you're going to see a DNP from them. But then, you know, between Strother, Zeke, DeAndre, others, right? Interesting to see what Mike Lund does there. The one guy I will always say while we're just kind of talking about the bench, Jake and uh, Glenn, is a little disappointed to see that um, a holiday kind of is the odd man out, right? Because I feel like when Aaron Gordon was hurt for those couple games and he, played, you know, stepped in for him, mm-hmm. played good defense, he was, you know, hitting the three. So I thought that kind of earned him some more minutes, but I feel like he's one of the odd man out in terms of the rotation right now. Yeah, I – I think that's a I think that's a valid point. Um, you know, for me, Holiday is a little bit of our Swiss Army knife, and Coach is just going to pull him out when he needs somebody specialized in those situations. Whether it's you know situational defense, getting a couple stops, um, you know, adding some energy to the floor. Uh, you know, he can shoot he can shoot the ball too, and so you know we've seen him hit a corner three or a wing three from time to time. That's got the bench unit uh, energized a little bit. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I really don't hold a lot um, against holiday in terms of, you know, his value on this team. I think it's there. Um, I think it, I think he, he fits where needed. Um, and I, I just, I'm not going to be disappointed if, you know, holiday doesn't go out and put up big numbers and, and go, you know, go off on a night. I just, I really don't expect that out of him. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of a safety blanket for Malone when he needs to pull a rookie or, you know, we might get down to the playoffs and, you know, Watson might pull a few duds and then you need him, right? And I think that's kind of his role being a minimum veteran signing is, you know, he might play 40 games this year, but at least you know what you're getting from him. And I'm, like you said, I'm totally fine with that. Just plug and play when needed and, He's not part of the long-term plans, right? Like, we got a ton of young players right now where we have the benefit of winning games while developing them, but he's there in case we start losing games while developing them. So until we start to hit some more skids, yeah, I, yeah. I say play the young guys for sure. Um, well, it's kind of – I mean, notable last night was Luca. obviously went freaking berserk. But the Nuggets didn't take a ton, ton of threes. They t- only took 26 threes, which I think a lot of it had to do with garbage time and bench players, and those guys tend to drive a little bit more. But I was really glad to see Porter go two for three f- from the three-point line, kind of just continue his his good shooting. Um, I mean, last game he didn't have good overall shooting, but he shot 50% from three. But um, he seemed to – Kind of low energy to me, though, was the only thing. Obviously, he played good defense, but what do you what did you see from Porter Ashar? And uh, do you think his shot's back? Because he's kind of pulled a few together. It's so tough to say because every time I think his shot is back, where he'll put together back to back good shooting games, then all of a sudden he'll have a subpar performance right in that game three. So I, I still think, um, you know, the biggest frustration for me when it comes to Michael Porter is just the consistency. You know, if he can put together a string of five-plus games shooting 50% or better, I'll say his shot's back, right? But 
I just think he's been a little bit too inconsistent, but it's, it's, at least it's not what it was in the finals last year, right? So that's, that's the bright side, but it, you know, he's, he's still averaging 16 and a half points a game. So he's fine. He's continuing to fill the role that we need out of the uh, um, three spots. So, you know, he's, his job is to score and he's doing a good job rebounding as well. His defense has been there. So from a consistency perspective, yes, his shot hasn't been consistent, but I think he's still bringing the energy, still putting an effort on the defensive end, um, you know, still getting seven boards a game. So he's doing all the little things that we need for us to be successful. You know, it's kind of funny when we talk about this, because I look, he's at 39% for the year on seven attempts a game. Like that's not bad shooting, you know, which is no. kind of crazy because I feel like he hasn't been good at shooting this year. Right. But yeah, I mean, Porter had a kind of a quiet night, but you don't get that good of defense without good team defense. So obviously he played his part in that. But one of the my early notes from this game was that there's a lot of KCP on Doncic to start. Mm-hmm. And that surprised me. I, I, did that surprise you, Glenn? Because I would have thought Gordon was the go-to matchup there, but maybe they just didn't want to give him those looks for a potential playoff series. Yeah, I think um, I, I, it didn't really surprise me a whole lot. I think you could probably take your pick as far as like sticking AG or KCP on, um, you know, on on Luca, but. Luca being more of a perimeter player, I'm not surprised that they chose to put KCP on him um, and, you know, let AG um, help out down low a little bit more. Um, and I, I think KCP is completely effective in that role. Um, you know, Luca's hard to guard for anybody, right? And uh, he gets a ton of foul calls no matter what. Most of them are kind of ticky-tacky in my opinion. Uh, and so um, – yeah, and you know KCP is just an elite defender, and he's going to give you that energy every single night. Um, um, it was nice to see. I think AG was a little banged up and and had his heel issue as well, oh, true. which I think he may still be recovering, but he may also be fully over it and ready to rock because you can kind of see his uh, um, you know contributions in the game start to ramp up now. He's looking like the AG we're used to, cutting, driving doing a lot of backdoor action. We're seeing alley-oops like crazy all of a sudden. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I thought he had a great game last night. Aaron Gordon, I mean. You know, it's interesting, Glenn. I know he uh, he looked great yesterday, but he's actually a game-time decision tomorrow. So I, I don't that. know if that heel is fully healed or not, but yeah. it's interesting. I thought, like you said, I thought his energy was great. He was doing a lot of alley-oops, but to see him back on the injury report suggests that maybe he's not as healthy as we – you know, hope yeah. he is. But. Well, in in his post game last night, he was asked directly about his heel injury, and he said that it still hurts a lot. He has it wrapped, and he said it feels like walking on a rock. Wow. Um, so he basically was like, "It hurt. It hurts like hell." I think is what he said. Um, but he said, "But you know, it's just something I'm going to play with. I've played with other stuff. Like this yeah. is no yeah. different." But I do wonder if that's maybe why they kind of kept him off Doncic for a lot of the game. I mean, he still had little had stints on him, which Malone isn't one to really like switch defenders a lot. He likes to kind of stick with certain defensive matchups. Like he's not he's not really like Spolstra or um, like Thibodeau, where he's swapping defenders every other play. Um, yeah, who's a side? You know, it's a lot for Aaron Gordon, who is a forward, to constantly pop up and yep. jump up and pick up a guard, right? Because the level of activity at that point is 
through the roof, you're obviously switching and going back to your forward position on offense, and that's a lot to keep track of for, for the average person. Aaron Gordon does it exceptionally well night in and night out. And so, um, yeah, I think it's probably a, an intentional move, I guess, you know, uh, to have KCP up on the guard guarding Luka and keeping AG down low and kind of limiting his, limiting his, limiting his minutes just a little bit. Not much, though. He's, still, he's just such a beast. Yeah. The problem, I think, with KCP on Luka, though, you know, we may play Dallas in the playoffs, right? He gives up two inches and nearly 25 pounds, right? So Luka at 6'7 yeah. and 230. I mean, as much as I love KCP he, as a defender. He's more than 230. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Luka's just – it's a handful, right? So, I mean, if it was yeah. my preference, a healthy AG on Luka gives us, I think, our best chance as good yeah. of a, you know, one-on-one -on -one defender as KCP is. I just think he's – a little too undersized and to be effective against you, Luca, right? He likes to post up the younger or the smaller guards to be able to take mm -hmm. advantage of those matchups. He's not going to be able to post up an Aaron Gordon, right? Right. Um, but, you know, if you recall, last time we played him, I think during the in season tournament, they did a lot of uh, switches on um, Luca with Michael Porter Jr., right? And Michael Porter got his first defensive player of the um, game, chained that game. So, I wouldn't be, you know, I, I still think his length affects Luca, especially on those step back threes as well. So, uh, it's you know he's the, he's like you said Glenn he's a handful and it's just a lot of good team defense and you're, you're never gonna you're never gonna stop a guy like him I mean again he he went for 38 last night but he was negative 29 so yeah obviously yeah. you know you can't you can you know, one player's not gonna do anything I mean I, you clearly you mean when, and, they, and they weren't healthy right they were missing Kyrie yeah, and they were missing course. a couple others as well but a win's a win yeah and I, yeah. I you know I love uh, I I love watching Luca but he plays very little defense and so. It's kind of one of those things where um, you're kind of just going to live with the fact that he's going to torch you on the offensive side, and you could all, you could darn near match him up and make sure that you've got somebody that's going to torch him back on the other side of the floor on offense, and just basically live with the with the uh, point differential and to go from there. It's funny, sure that you brought up Michael Porter because I thought he that Luca hunted him a few times. Yeah, they had Michael Porter on uh, Exum a few times and he'd call him up and get the switch and go after. And I thought Porter played great defense. Yeah, again. Yeah. And he, I don't know what it is. Maybe that's just a good matchup for him, ironically. Right. Uh, but I mean, even one of the threes Luca hit, I remember Porter was guarding him and did a great contest. And I was just like, yeah, there's like yeah. nothing else you could have done on that. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah what do you yeah. do? And when Luca tries to, you know, call a guy up to set a screen, if you go under the screen, you're toast. You just have no yeah. chance, right? So you got to get over that screen and chase him off the line and hope that he has to bail bail out. But uh, he's just a tough guard no matter what. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's become a phen phenomenal three point shooter. Like, yeah, didn't expect that. He it's kind he's kind of like if LeBron had a three point shot, right? Like, yeah, kind of reminds me of. He's not as explosive, but he has a very similar kind of game um, and size wise too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Luca was absolutely insane. I don't expect to see KCP on him in the playoffs, but no. probably probably the heel is, is what made that change. So speaking yeah. of playoffs, I think you'd see if, if the Mavericks are healthy, I think we'd see KCP on um Kyrie Irving, right? Oh, and for sure. Absolutely would see Aaron Gordon on Luca. Yeah. And that's their two best often uh, you know offensive players and our two best defenders. I mean that KCP is going to do a great job on uh, Kyrie. I mean Kyrie's going to get his as well, but I think that would be the defensive matchup that I expect Coach Malone to do. Yeah. Speaking of injuries, um, 
you know, we're seeing a very effective stagger with Murray and, ja and Reggie Jackson. Um, so kudos to that. But do you guys have long-term concerns about Jamal Murray at all? No. Like, I don't know. Like, as a play, like his play? Just injury, being injury prone. Oh, no, that's a good question. I mean, at this point, he's kind of gotten unlucky with some like heel or some ankle injuries. Yeah. And now that he's playing with bilateral ankle sprains, I mean, you kind of become more susceptible. I think his problem is he doesn't like to sit out, and so he'll aggregate small injuries, right. and then it'll kind of compound into a, a worse one. Um, but you have a good point, Glenn. I don't know about you, Shara, but I, I yeah. think that's something to watch, at least. I don't know if I'm ready to say, but I'm watching that. I mean – if if he was having some lingering knee issues in terms of his injuries, I'd be more concerned. But the fact that they're not knee injuries and the ACL is 100% healed and he hasn't had any lingering effects there. Ankles are ankles. It can happen to anyone, right? Um, that's just, I just look at it as bad luck. You know, oftentimes, you know, anyone can yeah. twist an ankle. Um, but, he, you know, prior to his uh, ACL, he was, you know, he, he was playing 75 80 games a year so i think he'll be fine long term but i do think you're right jake that oftentimes i think he's he's so tough and he did that he hates to go out mm -hmm. that maybe he'll push things when more players would have just taken a couple extra days off right just to get it right where he's just kind of like look it's been it's been two weeks enough's enough i'm playing i don't care yeah. right so yeah and i can i can appreciate the dog in the fight right but yeah because that's the type of competitor and player he is and you know I mean, I've got the guy's poster on my wall, as you guys can all see right there. So I'm a big fan of Jamal Murray. But, you know, when he tore his ACL, my immediate thought was this guy might have to change his style of basketball the way he plays. And where I'm going with that, I guess, is the, the first player that comes to mind is Derek Rose, where it was just like the guy was so shifty. He was able to cook you, break your ankles, and sometimes his own. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, with with the ACL, um, yes, it's, you know, repaired and strong, and I'm sure he did a lot of training and rehab to get it back up to strength. Now we got two ankle sprains. You know, is, is Jamal Murray going to have to change his style of basketball and change the way he plays a little bit to stop injuring himself? That's my concern, I think, overall. I mean, he's definitely shifty. He's not nearly as explosive or fast as Derrick Rose, but he does kind of play the very stop-and-go style. Right. Um, especially with Jokic and the, the way that he probes and, like, moves through the mid-range. But I, I also wonder if it has to do with conditioning because there was always it always felt like before the ACL that it was him playing himself into shape. Mm -hmm. And when he exploded in the bubble, he had nothing to do but sit there at the hotel and either work out or, you know, be in that controlled environment. And he exploded. And he said it was some of the best shape he was ever in his life. And then last year, he spent all he did all that weight training to get to the re recover the ACL, got back into the flow. And by the playoffs, he probably was in great shape again. So I wonder if it's might be conditioning it's something no one ever asks really of him but sometimes i can tell murray's laboring out there yeah and i'm wondering if that last step for him is 
ramping it up like Jokic, where it's just like you're always training all the time. And obviously Jokic, he has some God-given talents. He has some talents he's worked on a lot, but an underrated thing about him is how conditioned he is. Um, but with Murray's injuries, it's funny because I always used to think, oh, Murray sprayed in his ankle. That means he's about to have a 15-point quarter. Because he just that like seems to get him up for yeah. for things. So I don't know. It is something to watch, though. Yeah, and it's just hard. It's hard to watch him right now uh, because he's such a competitor. Uh, there was a couple times last night where he was coming off a screen or you know maybe trying to cross somebody over, and you could see him wince. Yep. You know because yeah. his ankles because his ankles are still probably pretty tender. And those injuries yep. take forever to heal, especially when you're playing basketball at a high level. So it's and working out and working out. Yeah. I mean, or if you're not working out, then it leads yeah. into the question of conditioning. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm concerned about it. Thankfully, right now, um, Reggie has stepped up to the plate big time and it's going to let Jamal continue to just work his way back into, you know, heavy minutes. Um, so. I'm counting my blessings, honestly. And we've talked about this before on, on previous pods about Reggie's impact. And um, yeah, I can't say enough about him right now. Yeah. And, and final note on Murray's injury stuff. Um, well, even last year, when you really think about it, he was injured going into the playoffs. He had that thumb injury. Yep. Yeah. That's right. And he, was, he was playing through it, right? Until the very end of the season when everyone kind of sat. But even that game Jokic missed, I think it was against the Rockets, him and Porter played. And I know they were gunning for the one seed, but, I mean, last year was different because the bench was a total disaster for pretty much the whole season. And so we couldn't really afford to not stagger Murray. But, I mean, this year I think he should take more advantage of Reggie Jackson being in the building. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, especially having missed so many games already, um, I I don't think he'll have played enough games to be eligible for the All Star game. And I know that's uh, I know that was a huge goal of his, and there, uh, there's a gigantic bonus uh, that is riding on that as well in his contract. Not that he plays for that, but you know it's still important. Um, and so, yeah, you might as well just use this opportunity to, to just get healthy and, and really continue to, you know, stagger, I guess. And it works really well. Yeah. You know, I, I saw an interesting stat. Um, I forgot who posted it. It was someone on Twitter. But Nuggets have played, I think, one of the most uh, – I think it's best, certainly in the Western Conference, maybe the whole league, right? They've played the most games so far this year. Right, they played the most games yeah. on the road, and even you know Jamal Murray was out for an extended period of time. So even through all that, the fact that we've won 18 games, that's oh. pretty darn good, right? I mean, all things into consideration, I think we're in a really, really solid place. So yeah, I know Minnesota's playing amazing, 20 and five, but yeah, I, you know, if if we continue to play like we're doing now and we hopefully can stay healthy, no reason that we won't be able to compete for. Um, certainly a top three spot to be get home field or home court rather, but who knows, maybe even a, uh, you know, first uh, number one seat again. I mean, I don't know if Minnesota is going to sustain this the whole year, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm still encouraged where we're at considering, you know, the schedule, the injuries, the road games, et cetera. So. Yeah. Through the first 25 games of the year, we had the hardest schedule of any team in the league. 
And after those, after the 25th game, we now have the easiest schedule in the league. Right. Like last year. <laughs> yeah, right. In terms of number of home games remaining. And so we started out with a hard schedule on the road. And so. Uh, yeah, we we played the most back-to-backs, six back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. And I think Minnesota has played one. I think maybe yeah. two now. But I think last time I looked, it was one. So. Minnesota's had a much easier schedule and we'll see, you know, when they start to get into really rough part of their schedule, if they're still the same team, but I'd almost rather them be a top uh, four seed so that we don't face them in the first round, of course, you know, so they, they seem to be a really, really good team. And I think at this point, they're pretty much going to be a top four seed. So to me, it's like, good for you guys we'll see you in the playoffs like right. you can have all the regular season success you want but at the end of the day we still had the jazz's number after them getting top seeds over and over again so yeah but um tomorrow we got an early game toronto mm-hmm. in toronto uh so i kind of expect jamal murray to have a big game yeah uh, i'd like to see continued growth or staying consistent from Peyton Watson. I'd like to see him shoot a few more threes and see if this is found gold or not. Um, but uh, what are you looking for, Shar, in our next game in Toronto? Yeah, I mean, Toronto yeah. always seems to play us well, right? So they scare me a little bit, right? I mean, I mean, their record, they're, I think, better than their record shows. I think they're they're 11 and 15, but I don't know. If you would have asked me that before looking it up, I would have thought they would play, you know, a lot, or their record was a lot better, but uh, they have some good defenders. I mean, right? Scotty Barnes is a great defender. OG is a great defender. So it's going to be a challenge, right? I mean, and like I said, they always play us tough. But I'm with you. You know, Murray going back to Canada. You know, he's, I'm sure he's going to have some family there, so he's going to want to play well for sure. But I think it's going to be all about you know road games. To me, if your bench plays well, you're going to give yourself a chance. So I think it's going to be a close game. Um, expect us to pull it out, but it'll be tough. Yeah, Toronto does. Toronto does play us pretty tough. Um, I'm a huge Scotty Barnes fan. Um, probably an even bigger fan of Pascal Sycam. Um, and so, yeah, I am surprised that their record is not a little bit better. Um, I also have heard that there's a little bit of dysfunction in the locker room, and there's folks that are um, perhaps even considering asking for a trade. Um, mainly Pascal, from what it sounds like, and so. Uh, I don't know if that's kind of leading to them uh, just, you know, being being sub 500 right now. I'm not really sure. But, you know, it's one of those games um, that the Nuggets got to take care of business, right? And I and it's so cliche when people say that, but uh, it, sometimes it's just the truth. I think Gordon's a good matchup for Siakam. I mean, that's kind of the kind of player he, he guards well, I feel like. So I think it'll it, – you know, Murray getting guarded by probably Ananobi is never, never fun for anybody. Yeah. Um, so um, I think for some reason it feels like Murray abuses good defenders more than he does bad defenders. And so I, I think he'll step up to the plate, but it'll be a fun one. Just uh, one last um, house cleaning note here. I was really excited today. <laughs> I stopped working so I could watch uh, this commercial that came out over and over again. Well, two of them, 
with Jokic and Peyton Watson and them. Uh, one with Jokic, you know, you just go on my Twitter and you'll you'll find it. But man, I did not see that coming, and makes me so happy the Nuggets are getting some airtime for some of their guys. Kind of disappointed Murray wasn't in the commercial because I felt yeah. like that would have been like the obvious pairing. But uh, Peyton Watson, I still thought was good, and he's probably still just obscure enough to like people to be like, "Who's that guy?" <laughs> right. But yeah, did you guys enjoy that as much as I did? Absolutely. I was like, what more do you want? Nick Jokic Watson with horses in the swimming pool. I mean, right. I, I honestly thought it was a joke. Uh, somebody posted it, and I, when I first saw the headline, I was like, there's just no way, right? Like, he's not going to be in any commercial. And then, of course, I clicked play, and lo and behold, there was Jokic walking by a pool with Peyton Watson next to him, and they're, they're actually pretty good buddies uh, on the team. And so um, – yeah, I think it was probably one of those situations where Hotels.com could ask Jokic if they wanted to be in, a, if he wanted to be in a commercial, and he said, "Yeah, can I have my buddy Peyton in there too?" And you know, one thing led to another. So I, I, I almost, thought it was cool. I almost wonder if Peyton Watson's agent got Watson like some some talk, and then Watson convinced Jokic. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's possible. Because he's a young guy, you know, and he's yeah. upbeat, and he's probably like hammering Jokic, like, "Come on." Come on, just do it. And yeah. I love that. I love the the dress or the the clothing that they put Jokic into because yeah. it was like so Jokic, and he just oh, kind of yeah, yeah. Right. It was, that's, that's how he dresses normally. They didn't even have to have costumes or anything on set. Yeah, no, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. So it was just it looked it looked like Jokic. It sounded a lot cleaner English than Jokic usually speaks yeah. with. Yeah, but so uh, there is a bloopers. Uh, clip out there if you haven't seen as well with Jokic cursing in Serbian quite a bit. Oh, um, oh man, I'm gonna find so that's also some gold you guys gotta dig up because yeah, awesome, he, awesome. he's he even told Peyton in one of those clips, uh, I'm not translating that. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but anyways, hey, guys, up? it's been a pleasure, and uh, yeah, I look forward to probably what will be a really tough game tomorrow in Toronto. And uh, till next time, this is 5280 Nuggets Fast Break. And we will see you in the next few days. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone.